in my previous life or previous, you know, 38 years had quit many times on things that I never should have because they were not as hard as I perceived them to be. Yeah. Um, so it showed me, number one, that, you know, there's something inside of us that kind of tries to prevent us from putting ourselves in harm's way. And you have to say no to that voice and keep charging in order to get uh, things done that you need to get done or achieve goals that you want to achieve. to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, we are joined with our first two guests at the new location with Sean Tucker and Connor Moulton. Thank How are you guys doing? Good, good. Thanks for having Excellent. us. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for having us today. Dude, we are excited. This is our first podcast where we're not explicitly talking about real estate specific topics. We're more talking about mindset and habit building and uh, you know everything upstairs. So can you guys introduce yourself a little and what you do? Sure. I'm Sean Tucker. I'm uh, born and raised in Fresno. Um, I am an admissions specialist as well as an outreach um, specialist. I work at a company called Forward Family Services, and we've got about 250 clients or patients, if you will. Um, We treat autism with ABA therapy, and then we have a mental health and an IOP program that serves adolescents and adults as well. So it's it's a very rewarding job that I love. I work with some of my family members. My brother owns the company and um, I love what I do. How long have you been doing that? Uh, a few years. I had another company before that I sold my portion of. It was an IOP program. Uh, and then I moved over to work with my brother and pretty much do the same thing, but add the individual counseling side. And then there's now a crossover from some of the families within the autism uh, kiddos that we serve. And then they come over into the individual counseling side. And um, it's awesome. But I've been in the substance abuse mental health world for about six or seven years now. Very cool. Very cool. And Connor, very different. Yes, yes, very different. Um, Connor Moulton grew up here in Fresno, went to Clovis West High School, uh, finished graduating at Fresno State, uh, was originally in exercise science. That was my um, uh, pre-physical therapy and athletic training were my uh, courses or my degree I got in college there. Um, Worked with my father for a while, helped run his rehab department at uh, his workers' comp medical facility for about, I think, eight to 12 years or so. Um, you know, when he had about, a, he had a heart attack about six years ago, and when that happened, it was a way for me to either continue in that business or transition. There were some things I loved about it, but there were some things I also didn't like. Um, and I've always wanted to be my own boss, so I took the opportunity to, uh, get my insurance license. Um, Tony Jackson from Farmers Insurance, a good friend of my father's, and he wanted me to, or he thought I'd be a good prospect to bring in as an agent. Um, So I took out a little loan and purchased a book of business from a retiring farmer's agent. And um, it's been so much fun ever since. It's been a lot of learning, a lot of trial, tribulation, you know, that kind of thing. When you switch careers at like 35 years old, it's a little, it's a little crazy. You don't really expect to go through what you're going through at that time. Um, as you guys know, because I yeah. work with you guys, I you know insure yep. your properties and stuff. Um, it's a pretty fun industry, and it, it uh, 
it allows me to be my own boss, um, kind of create some more freedom uh, on the other side of life, right? You know, we work a lot, we work really hard, but uh, being able to do things like what we're about to talk about here today um, is kind of why I got into this industry and why I'm doing it, because you can work your butt off really hard and you can set time to kind of you know, continue um, pursuing challenges in other facets of life, like kind of keep growing. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. I bet a lot of people listening are probably wondering why we brought in mental health specialist <laughs> and an insurance agent on the same podcast. Yeah. So yeah. we'll kind of jump right to it. You alluded to it. You guys both have been in the endurance training world and the endurance racing world. And we kind of wanted to talk about what that's been like. I mean, you, uh, Connor, obviously you just completed your first full Iron Man. Yes, October twenty third. And Sean, it sounds like you've done a couple. Yeah, I've done nine actually. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a certified badass sitting yeah. on the yeah. other side yeah. of the table. Or, <laughs> or maybe you need to be a patient. Who knows? That sounds crazy <laughs> to me. Surgery is a couple weeks away, so yeah. so I've, I've paid the price, but yeah. it's been worth it. That's funny. Well, shoot. I mean, can you guys dive in a little bit about kind of how you guys got into endurance racing? Yeah, so I'll start because I'll lead into him and where he came into play, uh, at least for my journey. Um, my cousins, I have two cousins, one in Florida, one in Arizona. We're all very competitive, um, roughly around the same age. Uh, but they called me back, I believe, in late March or early April. I think it was late March. Um, you know, they were kind of talking smack to me saying, I'm getting old. And they told me they're doing this Ironman in Barcelona. And growing up <clears throat> when I was a kid, you know, watching those on TV, I remember sitting with my dad and he was, I remember him saying to me specifically, he goes, that's, that's what real men do. That's the real man shit right there. And I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. These guys are nuts, right? You know, fast forward, I don't know how many years, what, 30 years almost or so, um, they're, my cousins are sitting here heckling me, telling me I'm getting too old and telling me that they're going to do an Ironman. And there's no way in my head, I'm like, there's no way they're going to do this and have it over me the rest of my life. That was part of the motivating factor, obviously, my ego. <laughs> I haven't killed that yet. I'm still working on that. But um, so, yeah, you know, it started from there. It, they put the idea in my head and they were laughing at me because they knew when they said what they said that I would probably go and do what I did. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, like within the week, I just kept looking and researching and I wanted to go and do it with them. Um, and, you know, side note, whatever, uh, you can't, at that time, you couldn't go to Barcelona without getting a vaccine. And I'm not vaccinated. I didn't wish to get vaccinated. It's not mm -hmm. something that's um, they needed today, but they didn't realize it until I told them. So the race was supposed to be in October. I think it was October 2nd. And we were looking for another one, hopefully in the States or somewhere where we didn't have to. And mm -hmm. it just so happened that Ironman California was October 23rd. Um, it would have been, it's the first year they had it in Sacramento because they tried the year before. Yeah. Um, and I guess it was such out. a huge storm. Yeah. Like everybody showed up, they were about to go on the race and it got canceled that day. Um, wow. That was last year or uh, the year before? before? Yeah. Year before. Um, and so once I saw that, I remembered that Sean, I, his sister, I went to high school with, she's my age. But I remember Sean seeing something about him training and doing this kind of stuff. I didn't really know to what extent, right? So I, I got a hold of him and I asked him to meet me for lunch. I think that's how it all started. We met at Heirloom and uh, we we're eating some really good food. And I'm just sitting here asking him questions, you know, 
basically trying to find out whether I can do this or not. And, you know, the way Sean approached it with me at that time was, dude, yeah, we can do this. You looked at the time period. I mean, he said it was short. I explained to him, like, he asked me questions about what I do already and how I, if I work out or if I'm there, I'm, I work out pretty consistently anyways. Um, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I don't know if you remember, but I just pulled my phone out <laughs> and I just got on the site and I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I signed up. Ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had no clue that at that time you could not uh, get a refund. You can't just go and say, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to do it now because I made a dumb decision. <laughs> at a lunch. Uh, that was the point. $1,500 to do the race itself, right? So <laughs> I found that out, I think, a day or two later when I would try to go back <laughs> in there or I talked to Sean. I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, my. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's where Sean came in. I knew he, he had he explained to me at that lunch that he had coached a bunch of people and how many Ironmans he did and the process and where he came from because he had a pretty – Oh, like uh, from for me, a pretty motivating story um, to get where he came from to what he does now and what he did then. Um, and so from that moment, you know, he's given me a list of things I needed to buy and things I needed to have. And, you know, it's pretty expensive, to be honest, it is. But, uh, you know, the time you put in is the most expensive cost, I think. And yeah, I, I wasn't like he's explaining it to me. But at that time, I really didn't grasp the brevity of what you need to do and how you need to do it in order to get to the finish line of this race. Yeah. Um, so I'll let, I'll let Sean kind of go. Yeah. Cause that's, we'll stop and then we'll pick so it you, up. So you, so you just to, for timeline sake, sure. your April, you started in April, you ran the race in October. Yes. Never, okay. I'd never, I'd never swam open water before then. <laughs> never, uh, I mean, I rode a bike a few like years ago. It wasn't even my bike. I rode up to Prather and back a couple times. Like, okay. Uh, so I've done a. So little you're bit. pretty new, but you've already Fairly completed new. one. Huh? And you, but you've already completed an Ironman. Oh, now, yes. yeah, yes. Jeez, <laughs> jeez. Sean, can you kind of yeah. shed some light? It sounds like you have. An interesting backstory. Yeah. No, I I will uh, I'll, I'll go uh, into detail somewhat of where I came from and then and then how it kind of turned into coaching Connor to his Ironman. Um, I do have an interesting backstory. Um, a long time ago, I was a very heavy drug user, very heavy into the substance abuse world, mm. um, all the way down to homeless. And I don't mean my parents kicked me out. I mean sleeping on the streets underneath a cardboard box next to 99 and Clinton, you know, that, that wow. kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I was in, I was in a really dark place and then, um, I was able to move on from that. But then, um, after a divorce, I got really heavy into alcohol. Um, and I got really heavy period. I was about 300 pounds <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wow, it was terrible. It was terrible. And that, so yeah. <laughs> I'll show you guys some pictures to, to let you not some visualize it. Yes. And so, um, it basically came to the point is it at the end, you know, we were in our house. It was, it was hard finding an exact, you know, mode of work that I wanted to do or be in. I was just, embattled with panic attacks to where I was laying on the floor, heart palpitations. And I, <clears throat> so one day uh, I'm laying on the ground and, you know, just sitting there thinking, this is terrible. And um, it, it literally out of coincidence, our TV's up on the wall and it's on NBC and it's a Saturday and this, this show comes on and this guy, this announcer's like, welcome to the Ironman World Championships. And I'm like... <laughs> 
you know, so, so they start watching it and I'm just kind of sitting there on the couch, you know, the, the panic attacks kind of subsiding and I'm just watching it. They're like, you know, you swim, bike and run, you know, two and a half miles and then you do a 112 mile ride and then you run a marathon. And I'm just like, right. I'm the star athlete from high school. I played college ball. I, I could do this. My wife walks out and she's like, are you listening to the distances? You, that's just, that's just a no, you know, it's a no. And I'm like, no, it's a yes, this is happening. It's a, right there. I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to get out of where I'm at this dark hole. It's terrible. Yeah. And I literally called my dad, asked for a loan to buy a ticket, uh, to an Ironman. And it was done that day. I paid for the ticket. entered the race. I did not have a coach, which was, again, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. So in my eyes, it gave me some sort of purpose. Um, you know, I saved up a little bit of money, bought a cheaper triathlon bike, just started riding. The good thing in Fresno is there are a ton of people in the community. I mean, you can, you know, while I was coaching Connor, I was like, Oh, reach out to so-and-so do this. And he was in group rides within a week. And so there's people all the way up to the ages of 70 that will just, they'll they'll blow right by you and so i've made a ton of friends in in that in that alley and so i started doing it and my mom came over to the house and knew what i was doing she dropped off a pair of board shorts and some goggles from like dick sporting goods (laughs) i was at the gym like an hour later (laughs) swimming with you know some pdf printout swim workout and i felt so good and i remember when was this what year I want to say 2017, okay. I believe, right? So um, not not super long ago, but no. long enough to, ago where, and I'm like Connor, I'm very competitive. I mean, within the week, I'm looking up times and what I can do and trying to compare mile times. And that is not, I mean, talk about apples to oranges. That's not how Ironman works at all. Everyone's like, it's a progress. You have to keep going. You know, it's totally a process. So so anyways, um, with these panic attacks, you can't sleep, right? You never, and then your brain just keeps going and each day gets worse. So I remember after swimming, maybe 700 yards, 15 minutes, something like that. And I went for a run, maybe one or two miles. And I mean, my knees hurt, everything hurt. Um, I slept for like two hours that night and I was just like, this is it. Like, nice. this, this is it. I found it. This is gold, right? And so that, that was it. I never looked back. I mean, I had friends within that community within weeks. And um, I, I did the first one without a coach. I think I had a coach maybe a month before, but I did mm-hmm. everything on my own. I just kind of did stuff and I had no clue and I was really heavy. Um, but the weight came off. I started sleeping. I had energy. Um, the most important thing, and I think this kind of applies to your podcast today, is the mindset. I mean, I was able to develop a mindset of, of you know, accepting challenges in all aspects of life. Like if you mm-hmm. can do this, Bingo. you can do it over here. And it's such a cliche statement, but there's a reason why you hear thousands and thousands of people that have done Ironmans. It's, it's, it's almost to the point of it. No, it is annoying actually. It's <laughs> like, it applies to everything. Like you just know, like, no, there, there's a way, there's a way. And there's people that are injured. There's people that are hurt, yep. um, that are in tears, cram- you name it, but they just, they crawl, they walk, they hobble and they get across the finish line. You know yeah. what I mean? So I my, got the chills. <laughs> <low key>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, long, long story getting into it and we can go into detail, you know, when we're off the podcast at some time, but, um, 
it has been a very heavy part of where I'm at today, the way I think um, and the way I get through things, even just little daily things. Um, and then building relationships as a coach is like, it's just phenomenal. There, there's nothing better. Yeah. Everyone's different. And so you get to like apply and you learn from other people and they help you. And like, if, you know, I mean, I may have coached Connor, but I can't tell you how many times this guy was there for me in other situations um, that mean a lot. And so I think that type of mentality moving forward is, has been the greatest um, achievement for me and to apply that today. 100% I agree. Mm. Yeah. Dude, that is so amazing, too, because I know the mindset being the biggest piece, right? Even, you know, the mindset of, you know, like you said, ha having it fall into all other aspects in your life and being able to apply it and all that, right? So we were talking a little bit before the podcast, too, and, you know, Scott and I are sitting here in awe, and I'm sure the listeners are, too. For those of you who didn't even know what an Ironman was, right, swimming two miles, then biking 112, two and a half. 2.4 miles swim, 112-mile ride, and then a 26 point, what is it, two-mile two. run? A marathon, two finishing with a marathon. Back-to-back. Back to back to back. Yeah. And Scott turns to Connor and goes, so, dude, can you throw in headphones? Can, I mean, do you, can you get something when you're going through this whole thing, you know, 14, 15, 16 hours, right? And Connor, you were like, no, not allowed. Uh, the Iron Man does not allow anything. You are alone. <laughs> so I want to dive. I want to dive into that. Head. Yep. I want to dive into that because me Let's sitting here on this end, let alone, you know, the mindset that it's molded for you guys now afterwards but when you're in that no music no nothing you're sitting there by yourself can you guys dive into you know respectively how, how what your mind's doing well first off you become a really good mathematician let me tell you <laughs> oh because you say half of that dark spot you're in is math like oh if i do this and this and i'm okay if i hobble at this pace and do this like i remember this that's all you do over I, and over and over and over and over. I used to do uh, endurance swimming and endurance running at different times. And I remember in the pool, I just remember thinking, okay, I'm halfway to this. And once I hit that, I'm a quarter of the way to here. Every time. I, that's hilarious. He said, yeah. I don't, I didn't think about it that way, but it's math. <laughs> oh yeah. So on the bike course I did, it's 56 miles or uh, I'm sorry, 56 miles out and back. So 28 out, 28 back and you do it twice. Um <clears throat> When you, there's certain points you hit. Now, mind you, that race, there was 30 mile per hour winds with 50 mile per hour gusts. I was telling you guys earlier, trees were getting blown over on the course. Spikes were getting blown over, people on bikes. But, so it was a crosswind. So there were certain points on that track where you're like, okay, if I can just get to this point, then I can ride for like, you know, a thousand yards without having any super big wind resistance in my face. Because you, you get like a little bit of tailwind. It's still cross. It's still pushing you to the side. But you're not fighting it so much mm -hmm. and you know in the swim you know this marker is the half marker and you're thinking when you get to that point i'm like first to first so when i got to the halfway marker on the swim i was <laughs> i remember thinking to myself oh my god this is halfway this is crazy of the first leg <laughs> yeah. yeah right um and you don't know how fast you're going necessarily especially on the swim right you don't get to have like your computer that's on your bike that shows you your speed your cadence your rhythm right the power you're putting your pedals but yeah, so for me, as far as the, the space in my head, um, battling my own, I remember on the last part of the bike ride, uh, so I'll say this, in training, I did two 100 plus mile rides and they took me like six hours and like five hours and 50 minutes to complete. Did you listen to music? 
Uh, I did a little bit. Okay. I, I rode with one other guy, but for the majority of the second time, I didn't listen to any music just because I wanted to no. see what it was like. And no, yeah. Um, it wasn't that bad. But on this day, because of the wind, I was on the bike for seven hours and 45 minutes, which is an hour and 45 minutes longer than what I'm used to. And I don't know if you guys have been on a bike for that long, but man, it is painful. Not to mention the bike I was on, it was an older bike. It was my buddy's bike. Um, the, I couldn't get to the high gear. So the whole time I'm pushing harder to create speed or generate speed than I needed to be. So I'm wasting all this. On the 20s, I, I, I went there and back, right? So I did 28 miles. Um, on the second going out, I just started to realize how slow I was going. Right, I started to realize where I was in the race, and I started to kind of like think, ah, I don't know, I may not be able to do this. Like, this is something I may not be able to mm -hmm. do. And I wasn't even to like the out, I had to come back, and coming back was the worst part of the wind, right? And so I'm halfway back on the, and I'm just thinking to myself, every other thought was, you just stop, just quit, just, you're, you're fine, dude, you tried really hard. It's fine. Everybody's going to... And then the other voice would come in my head. No, no, that's not... You can't. Everybody... You're, you're going to fail. Everybody that you know gave you help, that cheered you on, that you can't do that. So it's constant battle with that. The whole way from mm -hmm. that point on, right? Um, the run, mind you... So I think we talked about this earlier. It was like nine... A little over nine hours, and I finished the bike ride, and I still had to run a marathon. It was... I started at 7.40 a.m., and when I got off the bike, I believe it was from around 4 p.m. or somewhere around there... And I still had to run a marathon. Mm. <laughs> and I've never, in training, I didn't run more than 13 miles at all. Really? In training. I didn't. <laughs> so when, when you're training, you always have this plan of what you're going to do. But what you actually can do <laughs> is another story. Things get in the way. Injuries get in the way. I remember my last ride uh, before training, the tire, uh, I was riding out past Reedley. And the tri the tire pops or no, it spoke. It spoke. spoke. Yep. And so I couldn't even finish my last training ride. It was just super crucial. It's like the one and in my head I'm just it's got it got to me, right? So the head part is so crucial and you know, coming out of it at the end now I can definitely say I in my previous life or previous you know, thirty eight years had quit many times on things that I never should have because they were not as hard as I perceived them to be. Yeah. Um, so it showed me, number one, that, you know, there's something inside of us that kind of tries to prevent us from putting ourselves in harm's way. And you have to say no to that voice and keep charging in order to get uh, things done that you need to get done or achieve goals that you want to achieve. And the hardest times are the best times because that's where you're going to come out. I mean, like a diamond, right? You, all the pressure you go through, all the things you you don't see it till the other side. But if you quit, you won't you won't ever see it. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm so happy I stuck with it because today, I mean, it's I'm a completely different man. Yeah, I was going through a lot of changes before then, but it really, really helped me, um, not only in the habit forming uh, department, but the mental toughness, like being it's accepting challenges and accepting that life is really better off difficult than it is easy. Because if, if it's easy, you're never going to get, you're not going to see and feel what you can feel. And it's, it's like, it's all cliche statements. It really is. But yeah. uh, it's an amazing, um, when you get on the other side, it's an amazing feeling because you, you just like, wow, 
you start to realize how much you shorted yourself or I shorted myself over the years. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that's really cool. That you can share that. I know. I mean, Sean, you said that you were dealing with some serious addiction, some serious things as well. And now obviously sitting across the table, I wouldn't have guessed that you've struggled with that stuff. So I'm guessing you had also a similar experience with, with making it through these challenges. Oh yeah. It was, <clears throat> I mean, almost identical. I think it's the same thing. It's like, I had um, like a really bad IT band that was hurting because right, I didn't know what I was doing. So when I hit the marathon, I mean, I was just like him. I was just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> this doesn't have to happen today. You could do it like in a month or two or whatever. Do another year. <laughs> and you, it's just an up and down and up and down. And then the, the best part is you look around and you look at the other people that are going and you're like, yep, yeah, nope, I'm not quitting. It, there are people that are bigger or heavier or older or I mean you the whole gamut is out there and you're just like no I'm gonna keep going that's and that's right and that's yeah. kind of the whole point of it is my wife will joke and she'll be like how did that person finish in front of you and I'm like I don't know <laughs> but it's amazing right and she, it is amazing like like think of what that person had to go through to get in front of you not only finish but get be in front of you um it's it's like mind-boggling when you're there i mean you literally finish and you feel like you're like in the olympics right oh, there's dude, just thousands feeling. of people and an announcer and spotlights you're and delirious. it just makes you you're delirious you it's <laughs> it's really cool it, it's a cool experience and so you get to experience that with everyone else and um obviously as it goes on you you can present yourself with other challenges. Do you want to go faster? Do you want to climb more? Do you want, there's, it never stops. It's, it's progression constantly. And so you don't have to stop at the first one if you don't want, but if you just want to do one, that's totally fine because it's going to sit with you forever. It's not going to go away. I, I have a question. I mean, Connor, you talked about the, the devil on one shoulder saying quit and the other saying keep going. Yep. You've done a couple of these. Mm -hmm. Does that go away or is every race a fight to get yourself to stop or to continue? No, it never goes away. You, you really? learn, so, so you learn to grieve it, right? So he mentioned um, music and you asked him about music. You have to grieve the music, right? So I listen to music all the time. Every time I run, even when I swim and when I ride, I don't ever go without music. I've grieved the music process. I know what's coming. I know that you're going into a cave and you're not talking to anyone for 10, 11, 12, 13 hours, right? 16 and a half. 16 and a half. Okay. <laughs> like you just 24 and a half. You, know? <laughs> you grieve that. Oh and so, and, and here's the other funny part to that is we all have like those Facebook groups that you join when you're like looking for information. Yeah. Well, they have like an Ironman California group or Texas. And the, like literally the most asked question is, can I wear headphones? Can, and everyone, no, you can't wear headphones. And it's like, you guys. Is it a community thing or is it race rule. rules? Race oh. rules. They, they say it's a safety thing. Remember I, what I told you guys about riding the bike. <clears throat> if you get within 10 feet of somebody and you don't pass them, like if you initiate the pass and you don't pass them, you can get, I mean, multiple people got pulled off the course for five minute penalties. Did you ever screw with people and try to speed up? Uh, I tried to get away with drafting as much as possible, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, you can't draft you like can't. you can out here. You can ride with people, but people there are... you can't use the draft. You're, you're solo. That's why you're in the, the arrow bars like this to try to go as fast as possible with the least amount of energy burned. But huh. So you go into that dark place every, and you voluntarily done it nine times, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you're going to do it again? Yeah, I have surgery in a couple of weeks. I uh, have a torn labrum. 
and I'm sort of going to go in and, and shave the top of the femur bone and fix it all up. But I, I, uh, the wife put a hiatus for one year on Ironmans for me while I focus on work and family, which is totally acceptable Super and I'm happy to do. Yeah. But you know, when I get healthy again, yeah, I mean, I'd like to go outside of the United States and go to, you know, Switzerland or Ireland or That's Denmark or, you know, something like that. And, and, um, there's goals I haven't achieved yet and those goals are not going to go away. And, and it sounds like you're going to do more as well, Connor. Well, uh, come, I'm, so I have a few other friends who I, you know, they watched my journey and now they're signed up for a half Ironman. Um, and I believe may, so I'm already swimming with them and kind of coaching them a little bit, doing what Sean did for me. Um, and when I finished that race, I was like, no, not doing, <laughs> not doing another one. Nope. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, a half Ironman, you know, with all the training I've done and how I work out, I can do it. I can do it t tomorrow if I needed to. I could finish. I won't finish in fast time. Um, but my point in saying that is I didn't realize three months later, four months later after finishing that at that time, I would have never thought that I do want to do another one. I mean, just the simple fact of the conditions that day. And my goal was to finish almost three or four hours faster than I finished. So those are things that I can go out there and continue to do. Um, I just have to find out, I mean, maybe not packing into such a short time will make it a little easier because starting in April and going to October, never having done an open water swim or any of that stuff, it was just, I had, I, I had little time to mess with, right? Is that... Sean, would you say that's true? Yeah. So having longer, like, you know, a, a year maybe to work on all that stuff and spreading out the training a little bit um, is going to be something that will help because at the end of it, I mean, I had zero time for almost any – I mean, I was waking up. I was training at the most. My, my longest week of training was 23 hours mm. on top of, you know, 65, 70 hours of work, right? So you, you're waking up at 3 in the morning because you got to go on a two-hour ride. Or, you know, that's, and then you got to go and swim later that day or run later that day. Um, and some strength training stuff was thrown in there. But, um, wow. yeah, I I'm definitely want to do another one now. It's about, uh, but I would like to do it with uh, somebody else. Doing it all on your own was kind of a little uh, <laughs> lonely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you lose, cause you, you know, you lose contact with so many people. Everybody's out going and doing things. Connor, you want to, let's go here. Let's go to Mexico. Like, all these trips, all these fun things, like just going to a bar with friends. You can't do that because you got to get up and ride on a Saturday. Every Saturday and Sunday were huge training days. At the end, there were like six, seven, eight-hour workouts. Sacrifice for the goals. Yeah. Um, How did you train your mind? Well, like what changes had to happen? Um, well, okay. So going back to when I was a child, my dad was very, like, uh, instrumental in teaching me the power of the mind he's a chiropractor um you know without diving into it too much he always taught me you know medication while useful in you know certain circumstances is overused and the power of the body and the brain is underused and so he started to teach me that stuff at a young age um kind of probably i'm a little crazy like today um so i had to go back into because over the years what i realized in this training was i had lost a lot of those thought the thought processes processes um so i had to go back and kind of ask my dad and talk to him like i remember going over to his house and asking him about things that we did as a child like uh, things i did as a child and you know what he used to say to me and 
it came back pretty quick. So to train my mind, <laughs> it's more of you just have a goal that you need to accomplish and nothing's going to get in the way of that goal. And, you know, it's, it's more of do I want to fail or do I want to give everything I got? And the choice was always <laughs> give everything you got, but it was a tough choice at times, right? Because you, you, you want nothing but to go and enjoy yourself when you can't eat, you know, you have to eat a certain amount of food or a certain type of food. You can't go and stay up late. You know, all the TV shows I used to watch, gone. Um, friends I used to see, gone. Um, family used to see, gone. All that stuff gets pulled from you. So you really are like forced to either, you come up, I came to this point many times where was, uh, you're faced with the choice of, you know, am I going to be a bitch or am I not? All the time, that's how I looked at it. What part of me is going to win? The weak part or the strong part? What part, how, how do I want to come out of this? Those thoughts started coming into it. Like, and that helped me really get through it more because yeah. I started thinking, okay, like I see what this is doing. It's challenging me in every single way and it's very difficult what do I want to be when I come out of this and the decisions I make through this process? I, how many times did I call? <laughs> I was I, going to comment on that. I call, I know I where call him. <laughs> I call him. I'm like, I really need to do this. They, <laughs> Asking I, I'm permission. I'm worn out. I'm yes, just, you I, do. I'm done. I'm worn out. He goes, would you, he goes, are you a bitch or not? I, guess, <laughs> I, go, I go, you son of a bitch. Well, he knew who he was talking to. Exactly. He knew exactly what he was doing. It's just like my cousins. You know, when they said that to me, uh, they knew what I was going to do. Yeah. Boom. So the ego has got me into uh, a situation that's gotten me better. But, you know, obviously the ego is something you need to control, too. Yeah. Because it also got me into a stupid situation where I tortured myself for five and a half, six months. Well, and also, <laughs> you guys you guys have mentioned a couple times that, like, you can't let your ego and race day get to you because if you try to keep up with that guy who's bigger than you running past you, I did that in the last half marathon I did, and it was a terrible decision. And that was only 13 miles, and you guys did a cumulative 100 and, what is it, 150? 140.6. So, you know, more than 10x. So I can only imagine if my ego was involved, it'd be a problem. My ego got me in the beginning in the, in the swim. I was telling you earlier, we had, it, so it's, it was swim uh, in the river, and one river meets with another one. It's about a little up after halfway. And you're supposed to stay on the right side of buoys. There's all these buoys, and if you miss one, you have to go back. There's one buoy that was, a little further to the right than the others and a bunch of us had swam and passed it about 30 yards and these guys are stopping us screaming at us telling us we have to go back and so you got to swim upstream and this isn't my ego was fine at this point <laughs> but i get to this bottleneck getting around this buoy and i'm never been in this environment before i mean it's thousands of people and you're and so i'm just trying to be like oh, i'll be nice i'll just wait like it's people will move no, they were grabbing my shoulder, pulling my legs, knocking you everywhere, like pulling me underwater. And I just signed and said, "You know what? F this. I'm I'm climbing. I'm just started grabbing people <laughs> over the top of people." But that's where my ego came in, right? Because I was sitting here. I could have just been patient. I, you, I mean, you could have. I, I was getting pulled, but you could have moved, maneuvered to get around it, or wait, and just have a slower time. But because I did that, I jumped my heart rate up to 170 which is not really, you're not supposed to get, like, my, for me, 
being in the 130 to 140 range is the highest you really want to get to while you're on this race. Otherwise, you deplete all your energy sources and you'll never get them back. And that's exactly what I did. So getting it up to 170, that ego kicked in and uh, it, I paid the price the rest yeah. of the race because of it. Um, yeah. Sean, you mentioned, I want to go back because you said, you know, you're going to be on a one-year hiatus, right? Taking care of injuries, taking care of family and everything. But you said you have some unfinished business and some goals that aren't going to go away. And Connor, I know you shared a little bit of your goals, but Sean, what are some of those goals that you're wanting to hit? Yeah. So, so I made a ton of progress. I got into the 10 hours in, in the Ironman time Damn. and, um, it's well, really not that fast though. There's people that finish in the eights and nines, no problem. Right. And so I really wanted to qualify for the world championships and it's not, it, it might be an, you know, an unobtainable goal, but that's not how I see it. And I'm like, there, there is a way you just have to figure it out. And so um, I got lucky, actually. I went to Texas after I had COVID for about eight months. Um, absolutely destroyed me mentally. I mean, no training, couldn't get out of bed. And this was a couple of years ago. It went away finally. And, and after that went away, I signed up for Texas because it was rescheduled from another race that was canceled due to COVID. Um, I went there and I took, it was like 14th or 15th place, which is not, not terrible. That's awesome. And, but... <laughs> But it was a, like 260. It happened to be a non-wetsuit legal swim due to the temperature. And a lot of people chose to wear wetsuits. And I chose not to just per chance if there was enough slots left over due to COVID, then I might make it. And I got the last slot to the world championships. But this is not Kona. It was moved to St. George, Utah. So it's not technically considered the real world championships, right? So in my eyes, I made it. I raced it. It was great. But... I want to go to Kona, right? I want to go to Hawaii. I want to race it. That's and I, I know I can get there. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's the goal. And I want to do it in a healthy and balanced way, right? So um, I want to do it in a way that doesn't interrupt family life. I want to do it in a way where I'm coaching my kids' baseball teams, which I'm now doing. Like, it's the little things that light up, you know, your kids' faces and stuff. And if you can find uh, a balance in between all that while achieving that goal, that's it. That's that's 10 out of 10. I'm content. I'm happy. There's nothing else that, that I'm going to need with that. And so, yeah, it's a few years down the road and, and I will get there. I'll find a way. But um, that's the ultimate goal, at least within the endurance world. And, you know, if, if I don't make it, then it was a great it was a great journey. And I definitely learned um, a ton while doing it. And so that's that's the mindset that I hold when it comes to that. Have you considered doing anything other than the Ironman? Like, have you considered doing a century run or anything like that? Oh yeah. So I've done, I've done a hundred K, which is 62 miles. Um, oh. I've done, which was a great trail run. Did that with a buddy. It was, it was I think it was harder oh, than an Ironman. It was a trail run. Let's yeah. get that straight. So, it wasn't just yeah. a run. Yeah, you're going to break your ankles. Yeah. Are elevation climbing. Out in the canyon. 62 miles. <laughs> it was a long day. Oh, let me tell you. Just a jaunt. Yeah. So, jaunt. And, and that, I think that was a little bit harder than the Ironman. Um, yeah. A lot of damage on your body. But, yeah. um, well, 62 it, miles of running it, is yeah. wow. tough. Well, you don't, and, 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 I'll, and let's be real here, I didn't run 62 miles straight. <laughs> it's <laughs> very few people do that. Even the top people don't, you, you just don't. And so there's some, 
there were some, uh, you know, situations within the race. There was one where there was no, um, you know, there were no fuel spots or, yeah. or aid stations for like 13 miles. And you're up on the, on the rim of the Canyon <laughs> in direct sunlight. I, I misjudged or I don't know what went wrong, but I know the feeling of a bonk and it was beyond a bonk. I was calling my wife cause there's a signal. I was crying literally in tears. Like, I don't know where I am. I can't, the trees are in the way. And like, she's just like, what are you talking about? Like, just walk, move forward. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. And I, I was literally in tears and she's just like, dude, what, what are you even talking about? Like, shut up, turn the freaking phone off and walk until you, I'm like, what are you not listening to me crying to you? And so, and this is all real. None of this is, is yeah. exaggerated. And so I'm like texting the family group chat, like, I can't do this. And everyone's like, you can do it. And I'm just like, okay. They're ready to leave you on that canyon to die. I was legit crawling like to the aid station. I mean, I ate food that I didn't even want to eat. I was just, I was dying. And so um, there's just situations like that built in these endurance things that are great because you remember them like yesterday, you don't forget them. Yep. And so um, I think that kind of leads to what I, I was going to talk about. Like within the mindset, um, the way I go about it is everyone has these stats or quotes or motivational reels, right? And you watch them and it's just do this, do this, remember this. Those are all great. But the best thing about coaching is every person's different. In the substance abuse world, everyone's recovery is different. Do they count their days? Do they not count their days? Do they judge a relapse? Do they not judge it? How how do they move forward based on what you're seeing everyone else do, but that what you know what works for you? And so when I coach people, each person's different. Connor didn't do a run longer than 13 miles. And you guys were kind of like, what? Well, the best thing about Ironman is there's multiple ways to get there. Uh, strength training, you know, tons of riding. What people don't realize is you don't have to run to go run far. You can run a little bit, but you can also ride. There's, a, there's just so many situations that you can approach differently, right? And so I think a lot of people today get so caught up in the approach of like, what is the culture doing? What is everyone here doing? Okay, I need to follow that path. That's not how you need to do it. Your path is yours. No one else is walking on your path. You think everyone's walking on, on a path together. No one is. They act like they are. They post like they are. They talk like they are, but they're not. When, when the camera's turned off and, and they're alone in their house or whatever it is they're doing, they're the only ones walking that path. And so when each person is presented with challenges, right, figuring out a way to do that, um, that's, that's the way I go about it. So there might even be things that people disagree with me on how I do it. It doesn't matter. That's how I do it. And that's what works for me. Some people want to work a lot. That works for them. That's their thing. I, I work a lot, but I work 40 to 50 hours. I don't work 60 to 75 hours. I do this. That doesn't mean I'm not as hard of a worker as him. That's Connor. I'm yeah. Sean, right? And, and some people train more than others. Some have faster times than others with less training. That's my point is trying to find what's out there and then utilize it and apply it to yourself and create your own path, that's happiness, right? That's how you're gonna be content and really find your way. The lack of comparison, um, the lack of all that other stuff, that, that is how I have grown more than anything. I've learned that you can take everything else and take those puzzle pieces and you make your own puzzle. And then that puzzle is your own path and that's it. That's, that's how I flow, that's how I walk and I do stuff wrong all the time and it allows me to walk through those mistakes and figure out what, you know, what puzzle piece was wrong and put it in there. Yeah. That's, that's how I think about this type of stuff. That's an amazing thing to pull out of such a, a simple challenge as I'm going to run 
bike and swim. I don't think most people understand. I think when most people hear I do Ironmans, they think, oh, you just are physically fit. But it sounds like you've developed, and so have you, Connor, because you and I have talked about this privately, but you guys have developed a totally different mindset about how you view the world, even beyond just a physical challenge. Well, those habits, 100%. you know, the, the habits need to be sustainable. So just because you see someone else on Instagram with these habits of lifting and this, it's like, that's great. Apply that to your life. But your goals that are in front of your habits need to be sustainable and somewhat obtainable. And you're not going to do that if you can't apply your own walking path before that. Yeah, dude, I don't know if you remember, but one of the best pieces of advice you gave me early on when you were coaching me was uh, every single person is going to try to tell you what to do when you meet them. And all these, you know, group rides and stuff, he goes, Connor, just don't listen to Use this fuel. Take these calories. Use these tires. Literally the first group ride I went on, I had people ask you, what are you doing this for? Right? I tell them an Ironman. And then I tell them, like, oh, yeah, I've never done one. And I tell them, they go, well, when are you? And they always had these questions, right? Always led to how how long, how many have you done? How long are you training for it? And they were always, like, telling. The first thing they said most of the time was, how are you going to do this? Are you crazy? Like, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, what do you mean? It's just we're going to do it. Chris, or uh, Sean told me I could, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, he, you know, is they're all sitting there telling me, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like, three months later, these same people, I'm doing better than they were, and I didn't do what they did. Ignore the noise. I didn't do a single thing they told me to do. And I'm, I'm like, where are you guys at? Let's... Why am I faster than you? <laughs> it was so. It was at such a good point. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I've learned a lot of that process that Sean just talked about with starting my new business, because being your own boss and having control of your life is a lot of responsibility, um, and being able to find your own way. Because there's a ton of farmers agents, right? Yeah. But they all do them differently. Everything's different. And I started off doing what everybody else was doing, or what I should. I've gone so far from that because what everybody else does is not who I am. And that's not how I move the best. Um, so but I, I, one thing I want to touch on was when you asked me if I want to do another Ironman. And when I did not want to do one right after was because of finding that balance. Being able to be four months out from it now, I feel like and I know, and it's going to be hard, don't get me wrong. I'm going to find a way to find a balance because... I want to be able to do both. Yeah. Right? Um, like he said, it never goes away. Every time you enter that race, you enter the gauntlet. And you really, you have to pull yourself out of it every time. You would think it gets easier. It does not. He has the experience. I've been, I did uh, one triathlon Olympic, one half Ironman, and one uh, full Ironman. So it's a small experience, but it all three of them, you, in, every time you're in the race, you don't want to do it. You want, right. You're that self-defense mechanism, the ancestral whatever it is that we have and built in us to take us away from pain, probably to keep us alive, right, kicks in, and you have no way of stopping that. You have to live with it, get to know it, and say, ah, hey, buddy, I'm not listening to you. But you can hang out if you want. <laughs> yeah. Whatever I think, you want to do. I think another aspect, too, on top of that, and for me, so if you really want to challenge yourself, right, you have to look at things differently. So the Ironman's great. You crossed the finish line. I accepted these challenges. I passed the test, however you want to phrase it. Um, I'm to a point now where I'm looking at what did I do wrong? 
I didn't find the correct amount of balance when I thought I did. I ignored my family on some Saturdays when I shouldn't have. I didn't get up early enough to take the kids to school quite a few times. So how did this affect my wife? How did it affect the relationships that I have? How did it affect um, the friendships that I had that Connor was talking about? And so when I was mentioning earlier about like goals I have, right, included in those goals are those failures. Right. Those were failures to me, um, not truly balancing priorities in my life and applying them. The journey was great. I learned a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. But now how can I apply that to the next level? How can I still yeah. be a better person? And let me tell you, I make more than enough mistakes all the time. And I have these people like my wife, Connor, just people that are just there. They're there all the time. Like, how can I take advantage of that, pay it back? And even then after the finish line, still be a better person. Yeah. And that mindset is, it's very challenging. It's uncomfortable, it's not typical. And so to still look back and say, how can I do better? That's, that's the next challenge. Always hungry. Yes. Yeah, I think to go on top of that, it showed me how bad uh, habits I had formed. Like I, my habits were so bad. Um, you know, you, we talked earlier about habit forming, man. I had to form habits in order to get this thing done i had to have everything laid out you know because you're waking up you don't have time to put your stuff on and you know you or grab it out of there you have to have everything set up i mean i had like my nutrition right you have to have a certain amount of nutrition thousands of eat. calories you have I, to have them i burned yeah. fourteen thousand seven hundred calories the iron man the day of the iron man yeah i believe it i mean so you have 16 to, and a half hours of rigorous activity hmm. will do that to you yeah it really helps you understand where you waste time in your life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because we all do. That's a good one. Um, it helped me understand how much time I'd wasted, you know, stupid TV shows. Don't get me wrong, like they're very entertaining and stuff, but I wasted so much time in my life watching these things, thinking, ah, oh, man, I worked all day. I deserve to come home and just sit down. No, that's not Been what I should five hours of TV. Oh, yeah, or even two hours. Like, you, the, those the hours, those two hours could have been done bettering yourself the next day or getting yeah. prepared for the next day. You know, I used to treat uh, a, a bunch of athletes and train a bunch of athletes, right? Had I just, at that time, taken the time every night to go over what I did that day and focus more on it, I would have been such a better treater for, for them. I would have helped or trainer for them. I would have... But I didn't do that because my thought was, man, I've, I've worked so hard. It's, you, know, you always have this pessimistic view, I think, or I used to have a pessimistic view. I think that's what's changed a lot. I don't look at anything as like, this is not fun or I don't want to do this. Every time I get that feeling in my body, because it comes, I say, this is what you need to do or something close to it because it's going to force you to deal with that little biatch in you. Because you know? <laughs> you've never cursed on this podcast. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to. Can I ask? Um, that was a nice version of the word. When, when you guys are doing these trainings and you're working hard, I don't know. My thought process would be that, like, if I was working that hard on endurance training and whatnot, it would make my day-to-day, -day, like, work life really difficult. Was, is it harder to work when you're training at that level or is it actually easier because the hardest thing is already done? I, I would say, so I have five kids at home. Oh, geez. We're, we're very busy, right? <laughs> I'm Dan the fourth of five, so dance, I know what that's like. Baseball, yeah. split families. I, it's, it's just, my wife hates this word, but it's chaos. <laughs> but it's loving chaos, right? We're just on the go all the time. Today I have my brother's kids while he's getting surgery. So I've got like nine rides to provide to all the, it's just out of control. 
So you would think you're tired, and, and sometimes you are, but the reality is the chemical composition of your body reacts to the things you're doing. So you might be a little fatigued after sometimes. a 4 a.m. track workout, sometimes. but let me tell you something. You are high as a kite on endorphins the second you get to the office. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, keyboard's on, music's going on, and you're awake. Like, you're awake. And you might, again, get a little tired at the end of the day, but in the end, I would say 95% of the time, my physical and physiological reaction to what I'm doing, even in the heavy, you know, 20 plus hour training sessions or weeks are, they're beneficial. I'm grounded, I'm calm, I'm focused, um, I'm driven, very driven. Very and true. I mean, I, I would say most people would say that, unless you're injured and kind of depressed from that, which again is that typical. Happened. That happened to yeah, me. But, I, I tweaked my ankle yeah. and I couldn't run and I knew, you know, in your head you think I have all these things I'm missing now. And you get a little down and out. There was one point where I just, I stopped working out for like a week, I think it was, just because I was like, what am I doing? You hit this point, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So you feel, you both feel as if this training didn't affect your work. It actually made you better at work. Oh, and like your day-to-day sure. life. My you, focus, uh, my ability to deal with challenges, easy. There you um, go. There were some, there were only a few times where I got very like tired, like physically tired. Um, I took a nap in my office like for, for like 45 minutes a couple times. But most of the time, like he said, it's a weird feeling. You would think after you go and, you know, at five in the morning, run 10 miles at seven minute, 37, seven uh, minutes and 30 second pace, you'd be exhausted. But it's the opposite, really. You, your body adapts very easily, especially if you take the time to get the right amount of sleep. Well, and, that, and let's look at it from a different perspective. Let's ask the other question. What is it like during the day if you don't do those things? Oh, I'm, I'm sluggish. Right. I mean, pros and cons. That's not even that's not even an argument. Like, I don't know any people that do any type of jog in the morning or or high fitness or zoom, but whatever it is that are like, oh, gosh, I'm too tired to do. It. I mean, my wife comes back from high fitness Monday mornings and I'm like, get away from me. Chill. I mean, she is. A, Turn the shower on. Kids are ready. Let's go. I mean, she's just like she <laughs> loves it. And it's great. It's great. She's so happy. And. I, I don't know any people that would come in and be like, yeah, I shouldn't be working out. I don't, no one does that, right? Yeah. I think I think that's another another question you could ask. Yeah. Dude, <sighs> this turned out to be a way different podcast than I expected. This has been very self-enlightening. Yeah. Um, I think there's so good. many, for people listening and watching, I mean, this is something you can go back and rewatch and re-listen to two or three times over. I think there's so many things that you guys touched on that are applicable in all aspects of life, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, being self-employed, whether it's your work life, life in general, family, dude, that was just so fucking awesome. So you guys. should we just pull the phones out and sign you guys up for the next Iron Man? Yeah, you, so, that, that was the thing. Okay, Sean, you, I don't know if he told you, but we I haven't told him. I, don't I called him on Monday and told him, Hey, I'm trying to find a physical challenge to do. Like you're the person I know who's done it. 
and he's pushing us to do an October half Ironman. September. 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 And I already do it. I secured us two bikes and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to sign up. That's why I said it's no, it's we're going to sign up right after this podcast. I'm not leaving your office. I want to, I want to give you guys one last opportunity before we shut off the cameras and start doing that to leave a message. Maybe the majority of the people who listen are young guys and young gals looking to get into the business of real estate investing and self-growth. The purpose of our podcast is that if you are sitting there on the other side of the camera listening to you two talking, what's the best piece of advice you could give them right now from all of these challenges that you guys have gone through? Seek challenge. Look for it. Look, don't shy away from things that make you feel uncomfortable and don't wait to jump over that line, uh, especially for younger men and women. I wasted, I mean, like I said, going through this experience showed me how much time I wasted in my life. I mean, it's not a, I don't look at it as a failure. You don't have to be too hard on yourself about anything, right? You got to love yourself. But man, uh, I can only imagine where I would be and who I would be at this moment had I not shied away from certain moments in my life because I was either afraid of failure or afraid to, you know, not do what I think I can do or have people view me in a certain way. That's that ego again. Um, try to kill your ego as fast as possible. Throw yourself into the fire. Iron sharpens iron. Just always remember that. You're never going to grow unless you go through tough situations. And we really don't like to put ourselves through them. Um, and unfortunately, we just, you know, most of us, I'm, I'm, at least speaking from my perspective, most of us live a pretty easy life. Um, so force yourself to go through the fire and you're never going to regret that ever. Uncomfortability is really good. Um, what I would say is when you're approaching the stuff that you just asked us, um, everything's fear-based. Everything that they want to do, the first response is fear. Like, how can I do that? Why should I do that? Who's going to look at me doing that? This person did it this way. That goes back to what I'm saying. Everyone needs to walk their own path and figure out a way. If you want to get into real estate, do it. Ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> Just do it, right? So get your license, however it is that you need to do it. Ask for help, network, find people that are willing to help you just like we did in the, in the triathlon community. There are actually a lot of people that root for you. There might be the few that you feel aren't rooting for you, yeah, well, they're not in your circle and keep them out of your circle. The people that want to be in your circle may not even be people that you know. There are professionals out there that cheer people on, that want people to be successful. And if you can get through that initial fear response, the rest is fine. It's just trying to find your path when you're making those decisions that are so important in your life. Think about what you want and how you want to get there and then go find a way to do it. There's always away. I've never in my life, and I've been in some dark situations, not been able to find a way. There's always someone or something that's going to help you find that path or achieve your goal. Yeah. Possibly the best podcast we've had. Thank you guys so much You're for welcome. coming on. This was a uniquely surprising opportunity to have somebody we've obviously never met before come on. Connor, thank you for extending the invite. Yeah, and yeah. Thank you for... He's, he's yeah, amazing. thanks for the invite, Connor. <laughs> thank you, everyone. You got it. <laughs> so thank you guys for coming on. We will be back next week with another podcast. Awesome. Thanks, thank you. Guys. Thanks, guys. Everything.